today on Uncomfortable Questions with Kelsey. Uh, we interview Kellen. He also goes by Kel. I think we call him both in the episode. Um, so he is a friend of one of our friends, Kate, and he is transgender. Who we heard last episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we talk a lot about him being transgender and when he realized he was transgender, how his family reacted, um, all that type of stuff. So we we definitely asked him some uncomfortable questions and he handled them really well. So I thought it was really interesting and informative episode i too i was very interested and intrigued and yeah yeah it was a lot of fun yeah so i hope you all like it as much as we did enjoy so i think you're okay well i think these you guys are gonna like play footsies new, so. again oh um, you wish <laughs> <laughs> okay <sighs> all right all righty you got well. your whiskey I got my whiskey. Today I'm drinking Basil Hayden Dark Rye. Mm-hmm. For anybody who cares. <laughs> that's I'm there's sure there's a group people. of people who only want to know what you're drinking. That's people probably come people probably start coming just for that, right? <laughs> oh yep. what Brad's drinking. Yeah. Just your Maybe I should start giving tasting notes then too. Oh. Mm. You yeah. could do a post nah, that's not this a post show or pre show <laughs> evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to Uncomfortable Questions with Kelsey. Uh, all right, today we have Kel on, who is friends with last week's guest, Kate. Caitlin? That's Caitlin? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's her name in my phone, and it feels so formal. Like, oh, really? Every time I call her, I'm like, Caitlin, who the hell is that? <laughs> I, I do it, I call her that when I need a favor a lot of times, <laughs> or just to bug her. <laughs> yeah, I've never called her that in real life. So really? I will no. be like, Caitlin? And then I ask her my favor. <laughs> I forget her name's Caitlin. Yeah. I also forget Cammy's name is Cameron. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I know so many Camerons. It's like my brother's name's Cameron. One of my best friends is named Cameron. One of my other friends is named Cameron. <laughs> really? Wow. I have a coworker named Cameron. Wow. Yeah, it's <laughs> Common name. Mm-hmm. I probably also forget that Cam's name is Cameron. 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 Yeah. Yeah. His name's not Cameron. I know. He's Cam. <laughs> His name's Cam. Cameron Banner. Sometimes I call him Theodore. 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 <laughs> just Sometimes I call him Little Shrimp. Ooh. <laughs> because one time I said, <laughs> I went to ask him something for work, and I said, Cameroon. And then I oh. said, oh, has anyone ever told you that sounds like shrimp in Spanish? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to call you Little Shrimp. <laughs> mm. Camarones. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Kel. Okay. How old are you? I'm 21. Oh, I wasn't sure I if didn't. you were legal or not. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't I know. Mean, I, I turned for 21 alcohol. On, I turned 21 on Thanksgiving this year. Oh, oh just, so just well, barely. Do you need a drink? I don't drink, but thank uh, you. Well, okay. At all? Just I mean, like, I, like water or Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> I drink no liquids. <laughs> uh, I got my water here, so I'm good. Yeah, Perfect. no, I've, I've never drank, which really, really Um, yeah. Do you mind sharing why? Um, well, one, even if I wanted to at this point, I couldn't because of the place I work at. We have a no use policy. Even mm. if it's legal. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Just because kind of if we're preaching to these kids, like you should be sober, then right. it would be kind of hypocrites if we weren't too. Mm. Um, <clears throat> also, alcoholism runs in my genes and mm. I just don't really want to mess don't with that. Mess with yeah. That's why so, it's smart. Yeah. yeah I, my dad's an alcoholic, so it's like, I don't really want that same path for myself. I yeah. see his struggles. So good for you. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, so since you brought up your work, tell us where you work. 
Um, I'm not going to disclose the name of it, but I do right. work at a treatment facility um, for kids aged 13 to 17. Um, we deal with all kinds of stuff, ranging from su- Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> ranging from Jesus year. Christ to what? <laughs> <laughs> um, like suicidal ideation, depression. So like kind of on the mental illness spectrum and then mm-hmm. like family conflict, drug abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, most of our cases resolve, revolve a Involve, holy shit. <laughs> Involve a little bit of, of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we have very few kids that are like completely one way or the other. Gotcha. It's awesome. I, I work with like the best people in the whole world. So That's I really good. love what I do. How long have you worked there for? I've only been there about six months now. Okay. Um, but I got pretty good at my job pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> I got promoted to supervisor after like five weeks or something. Wow. wow. So I skipped like couple steps to to get there but it just so it worked out perfectly that the old supervisor was leaving right as I was starting Mm. so I had to learn everything really quick and Mm. then I knew the program better than anybody so I was just right place right time type of deal nice very nice cool well kindred spirits you and I that's how I always was yeah, except you're a millionaire, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got some. <coughs> Although there was there was no uh, <laughs> there was no like promotion offered to you in your own business. Well, not here, but in every job I've had, I've made my way to some kind of supervisor or manager. So or fired. <laughs> or fired. <laughs> I prefer the term laid off. Uh-huh. <laughs> fired feels so derogatory. <laughs> Laid off, though, do you know that's, like, specifically when they're, it's not, like, it's, they weren't fired for something they did wrong. A lot of times people are laid off when businesses are downsizing and they just can't keep everybody. So there is actually a difference. Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I said I was laid off. (laughs) No, I was laid off. No, I was laid off. (laughs) They didn't want to pay me anymore, so they just said, we don't need you Mm. anymore. Gotcha. So let you I didn't go. do anything wrong. That's the only job I've ever been like <laughs> let go up at. Mm. I don't. I have never have been. Hmm. Well, time to start. <laughs> well, Kelsey, we were gonna Say wait till Monday, <laughs> but oh, I got fired from my first job because I stole a box of hot tamales. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> worth it. Was yeah. it? Where was it at? <laughs> it was at the Megaplex, and all. <laughs> I was just gonna say it was probably a movie theater. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> well, so what had happened was my coworkers came up with this little scheme where they would just print the last receipt that some like they would just hit reprint and then grab it and grab a box of candy and like give it to like other coworkers so it looked like they just like paid for something oh. and they were cute girls so of course when they asked me to do it i was like yeah here you go <laughs> oh no oh, man. <laughs> that's too bad <laughs> man, for a box of hot tamales and they let you go i know hot tamales are <laughs> the worst good. candy no tolerance yeah yeah, yeah. Not the worst good. candy not worth eating Mm-mm. not at all Live and learn. Yeah. <laughs> Live and learn. Don't ever do still a bag of hot tamale. Or I mean a box of hot tamales. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I was a thief in my day too, so. Yeah, yeah. You we know. talked about that on his episode. He yeah. stole a lot of I stole clothing. A lot. Well, not a lot of clothing. Some clothing. The dollar amount gum. of clothing you stole was quite a bit. <laughs> like probably. Retail? Re- Retail. Okay. <laughs> Really, truly, honestly, retail value was probably under a thousand. Most but pretty close to a thousand. But pretty close to a thousand. But that was over time. It didn't do it in one right. day. Yeah. So, so remember that, kids. Matter. It all works out. 
there is a God. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Well, where do we want to start with Kel today? I'm transgender. Just say it. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I, I mean. But th- there was a, a tiny bit of me that was like, oh no, maybe Kelsey didn't mention that part. I, I assumed Kate did, but yeah, Kate, oh, okay. Kate did. I guess. Well, especially with you asking what's his face and then me. So I, I assumed that you were looking for somebody trans. Are you talking about Kenyon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't think we ever asked Kenyon. We did. I, I, I didn't. I not like, I didn't say like, hey, will you be on our, I was like, oh, would you ever want to be on our podcast? Oh, I see. So it wasn't direct. I was just wondering if he mm-hmm. wanted to, but. Well, and when so Kate yeah. first told us that Kellen would do it, I swear she said Kenyon. I'm like, that's weird. He just started working here and he wants He's to like come and talk to in. us about being transgender. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get mixed up a lot, actually, because me and Ken are like really good friends. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's older, that's though, funny. isn't he? Mm-mm. So he's the same age as Kate? I think uh, he's... Yeah, Ken is... He's is he 20? Or 20? I don't think he's 20 yet. I think oh, he's okay. still 19. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did say he is 19. So how do you guys all know each other? Um... Oh, Ken is going to kill me for saying this, but I'm going to do it anyways. So <laughs> Ken had a crush on me when he was in ninth grade and I was in 10th. <laughs> and uh, we were both just out as, as lesbian at the time. And a bunch of his friends were like, you should talk to it. My birth name is Brianne. So like, you should talk to Brianne, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I get this Snapchat one. And I don't remember exactly what it said, but something along the lines of him thinking I was cute or something. And I just said, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Thank you. <laughs> so I always tell people that, and he's like, shut up. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> me and Ken have known each other since then, and then we actually used to hate each other. Oh, um, wow. Strong girls, word. Dude. Girls. <laughs> Fucking yeah. girls. Girls. <laughs> um, and then Kate, I met at a party, actually, my, I think it was my junior year, her sophomore year. Did you guys all go to the same high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we all went to Ray High. Um, and then we just kind of ended up hanging out. I brought her around my friends, and they, like, instantly fell in love with her. They actually thought that me and her, like, would make a really good couple, mm-hmm. but neither of us were really about it. So it was like, <laughs> she'd come hang out, and all of my friends were like, hey, are you and Kel dating yet? And we're both <laughs> like, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's kind of how I met those two, and then turned into some of my best friends so yeah nice. that's great um so did kate know you before you started transitioning yeah um oh, okay. i was out but i hadn't started medically transitioning yet until mm-hmm. my senior year of high school okay um, my parents wouldn't sign off so i had to wait until i was 18 mm-hmm. gotcha okay wait i want to go way way <laughs> way, way back okay, okay. i yeah i mean this is the bulk of the questions that I'll probably have. I was going to say, I have questions for way before this. So. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my my first, when I think about your story, and I, I mean, Kate has talked about it a little bit, but mm-hmm. not a ton. But my first uh, thought is like, at what age would you say you realize that you felt differently or that something was different about you versus other kids your age? Um, I would say I realized that I was different as early as like five or six years old. Okay. Um, I used to, so I have younger brothers. Um, I have one brother that is three years or two years younger than me. And starting at about, I want to say it's probably second grade. I would take his clothes and Mm -hmm. I put them in my backpack and go to school and hurry and run in the bathroom and change. So I was wearing boy clothes. Um, I would go visit my great grandma and I would convince her that my parents were okay with her buying me boys 
like mm. boy clothes, even though I knew they weren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and whenever I was with her, I would always wear a hat and I would put like all my hair up in it so that you couldn't see oh. that I had hair. Yeah. Um, I used to, when I was 11 and started kind of getting breasts, I would go stand in the mirror and like try and flex and make it look like they were pecs and mm-hmm. just stuff like that, that it's like, most little girls don't do that. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I never, I remember being like nine years old and I used to just run outside without a shirt on all the time. And my parents were like, hey, you need to wear a shirt. And I was like, why? The other boys aren't. Mm. So it didn't really register to me that like I was any different at that time. I didn't know about like body parts and mm-hmm. whatnot. It was just like, that's just the way I felt. Yeah. Hmm. So you, do you, did you hide clothes to take to school because you had either been caught by your parents wearing boys clothes and they weren't okay with that? Or did you just sense that maybe they wouldn't be okay with that? Yeah. So I, at first just tried taking them and just wearing them from the house. And then my mom was like, you need to dress, but like, you need to dress like a girl. Cause I was just wearing basketball shorts and a t-shirt. And she's like, you need to stop selling your brother's clothes. So then was when I started sneaking and wearing them to school. And then one of my teachers noticed and called my mom and was like, Hey, uh, what's up with this? Mm. <laughs> So then I got, you know, yelled at again for that. Gotcha. But that seems so invasive of the teacher. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. who cares? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I did go to elementary in Syracuse, Utah, so <laughs> yeah. there's a lot mm-hmm. of, like, Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was going to ask if you were, if you grew up LDS or if you are associated with the church at all. So I did grow up LDS. Um, I had a really bad experience with them, though. Like, I already when I hit like 12, 13 was kind of like, I don't know if this is really for me. Um, but I still went because it made my parents happy. And then when I was 14 was when I came out as lesbian that year, my stepmom was in charge of like planning the girls camp for the young women's. She was really excited and she was like, yeah, you get to go blah, blah, all this stuff. And then the Bishop got wind of me liking girls and he went and told her that I could not go because he could not have a rapist. <gasps> oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, I have never That's been Yeah, I've never went back after that. Wow. <laughs> um I actually saw that bishop at Winco the other day and I was like just livid. Yeah. Just looking at his stupid That motherfucker. Yeah. Serious. <laughs> That's Man. crazy. That and just the whole like all the shit they have going on right now. I just can't get behind the fact that like they send these young kids out to spread the message and blah 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 whatever but make them pay like kids right. are going yeah kids are going in debt to go on missions mm-hmm. yeah when they're sitting yeah don't get us started yeah <laughs> they're sitting on 200 billion for the fucking second coming like mm-hmm. what are you gonna yeah. need the world's supposed to end yeah yeah <laughs> gotta have cash for when the world's over right yeah. right yeah so that was that was my experience with, with the mormon church and since then I'm, I'm do your thing but like don't try and get me to do your thing mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. are your parents still active my mom is not my stepmom yes my dad not really Mm -hmm. so they've all they've all kind of fallen away i think that incident kind of turned a lot of them off your stepmom didn't slap the bishop upside the head when he said that about you my stepmom still calls me my birth name sometimes oh Oh, really (laughs) intentionally or like to hurt you or well so on my birthday just a couple weeks ago um we were having thanksgiving at their house and she didn't know that i could hear her but I heard her tell some of her coworkers that she had invited that, yeah, Kellen decided that she wants to be a boy, so she goes by Kellen now. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> One, it's not your business to tell them. Yeah. Two, you don't misgender me while you're doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's frustrating. How yeah, long so have I, you been going by Kellen? Uh, since I was 
at 16, so about five years. Five years. Oh, Jesus. So like and she still yeah. is that. That's it's not insane. new. Yeah. My yeah. Hell. And then medically transitioning for three. So it's wow. like they, they've had time. Yeah. Um, How old are your parents and step parents? Um, my mom and dad are both 40. Oh, so they're young. Yeah. 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 And my stepmom is like 44, I think. I, I don't fucking know. That's a guess. <laughs> <laughs> they're old. She, I know she's shit. older than my dad by like five or six years, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Interesting. So they're pretty young then. Yeah. Because like that kind of makes sense for older people. Because right. they just can't fucking wrap their heads around some shit. And they're like, that's yeah, making a sense to me. Not a younger parent. That just seems strange. Yeah. Yeah. No, my... She's not very woke. <laughs> she's, she's not woke. Um, I think my dad probably took it the worst. He, when I came out and just as lesbian, he uh, threw his phone across two oh, rooms at the geez. wall and just kind of took off. And that was like three or four days before my 15th birthday. Mm. He threw my birthday present out the window while he was driving. Wow. And, uh, told me I needed to get out of his house. And so I was fully planning to go live with my mom in Washington State and... Had my bags packed, had a, she was ordering a plane ticket and he was like, you're not fucking going. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you just told me to get out. <laughs> Make up your mind. Like, what do you want? Yeah. And then he still struggles with believing that being trans is like a real thing. Mm. And it's just kind of something like, why can't you just dress like a boy? Why do you got to do all that other stuff? And yeah. Like, Trust me. I wish I didn't have to, but I do. Right. Like I, nobody would choose this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's expensive. And it's yeah. hard. That's yeah. the thing I don't understand that people give transgender or gay people uh, like such a hard time and they're like, oh, you're, that's not a real thing. That's not real. I'm like, why would that person choose? Why, why would a person choose to be ridiculed and like just. Yeah. Ostracized. Se- second citizen because of because of that like no one's gonna why choose would that. somebody choose a harder path mm. yeah just just for the fun of it just because it's <laughs> yeah. a fad right now like and that's i don't know that's something i've never understood even as a believing mormon and like that i never understood why people gave the lgbtq community such a hard time with like sayings like that like it's not real it's just a fad like mm-hmm. it, they're just going through a phase yeah. no being gay is not not a phase it's that's it's a thing yeah and it's kind of funny that he struggled with it so much and was like, didn't believe, like, was just so shocked by it. When anybody that was close to me when I was younger, like, was like, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, we was, know. Yeah. When, <laughs> when I was younger, he worked a ton. So mm. he didn't see me a lot. And then, I don't know, maybe he just didn't want to see the signs. So he didn't. Right. But like, I currently live with my cousin who's the same age as me. We're 20 days apart. And so we grew up really close and <clears throat> we had to talk about it a couple of weeks ago and he was like, yeah, I feel like I knew since we were kids, like, that you just were a boy. Right. But when you're that young, you don't really say, like, oh, yeah, I'm transgender. You're just like, I feel different. Like, yeah. you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't have a word to put to it yet. But he was like, I always knew that, like, being a girl just wasn't you. Mm. So that was another one of my questions was, um, at five or six, you realized that you either felt differently or wanted something different. But at what age did you have the terminology to be like, oh, that's why I feel this way? It actually, when I was a sophomore, um, so I was 15, I was in a car with somebody who was openly trans. He hadn't started transitioning yet. He was Sorry, wait, what age did you say? 15. Okay. Um, he was transgender, and I think he knew too, even before I did. Mm-hmm. 
but we were just in the car and he was like so are you trans or what and i was just like <laughs> no <laughs> and then i got home and i was like am i because <laughs> i really didn't know much about it still even at that point and the only person that i knew that was trans was him and so mm -hmm. i got on youtube and i just like started researching like no other and i researched for probably about three or four weeks before i was like yep right like even after I came out as like lesbian, I was just like, I, I still don't quite feel like myself. Mm -hmm. And I just, I couldn't put my finger on it. And a lot of it is because we have these societal norms that, you know, we feel like breaking that mold is kind of just really out there and nobody right. wants to do that. So then I told my very closest friend at the time. And then another friend who was, I would say just one step behind the time as far as like we were like a trio mm. and i'm not gonna disclose their name because i'm about to talk some shit so the same night that i told journey i told this other friend and i begged them i was like i haven't told anybody except you guys like i'm not ready for like the world to know i'm not ready for my family to know i just needed to tell somebody and i got a text the next day from somebody that said i didn't know you were trans oh no and i was like oh, yeah how the fuck do you know and i was getting like multiple calls and text messages from people that were like dude why didn't you tell me mm. like i thought we were closer than this come to find out it was that friend that mm. went and told everybody i struggled with it for a really long time like holding on to that hate towards them mm -hmm. and then they came out as trans <laughs> oh really oh. Huh. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much over it now, but, like, at the time, I was just like, how can you do that to your friend? Yeah. And I never really got the apology that I felt like I deserved for that, because it was like, you don't just out somebody, let mm -hmm. alone your best friend. Yeah. Right. Like, maybe you only told one person, but you told, like, the loudest mouth at our high school, so mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. one of those things where, when they came out, I was just like, hmm, interesting, nice that you could have done it on your own. Yeah, yeah. right. Your, their own terms, but you weren't able to. Do yeah. you, like, look back now and, because I could see in some situations or with some people that they would kind of be glad that they didn't have to officially come out to everybody. Mm -hmm. Are At this point, is it like, oh, yeah, that was kind of nice. I didn't have to tell people. Or do you still wish that you could have had the opportunity to tell people and do it how you wanted? Oh, I've never thought of that. That's <laughs> a good question. A little bit of both. Um Part of me is glad because I didn't have to figure out how I was going to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the other part of me is pissed because I didn't get the opportunity to do it how I wanted to. Um, I was lucky enough to, this going to sound so douchey, but I was popular <laughs> in high school. So, like, <laughs> I was lucky enough that I didn't get too much bullying or anything out of school. That's good. Most of the ridicule that I've had in my life has come from adults. And really? it's been like, I worked at a Ignorant couple people. Yeah. Mm. I worked at a couple of car dealerships and the first one I worked at was early in my transition, like three months on T. So my voice was just barely starting to drop. <clears throat> and my dad knew some of my coworkers. He knew my boss and he came in and told the entire dealership. Oh, wow. And so it was like, I had people whispering and just oh, like no. stuff like that. So why um, would he come and tell the whole dealership though? According to him, he was trying to protect me. And I was like, I didn't really need protecting there, but yeah. We never really got into that because I was just like, felt like it was kind of a lost cause. It's like, whatever, it's fine. Man. Crazy. So when you, uh, I've, not that I'm anywhere close to an expert, but I've watched a lot of documentary, documentaries mm -hmm. about transgenderism. And a lot of them say that they first came out as gay. And there's usually two camps of people from what I understand one is like it seems like you like they just didn't quite fully understand what was going on mm -hmm. and they were like oh well i do like the same sex so i'm gonna come out as gay 
and then later realized that they were trans as well. And then other people, I just lost my train of thought. Other people know that they're trans, but they feel more comfortable coming out as gay first. And then later, I, I gathered that they think it will be easier to like mm-hmm. incrementally kind of tell their family and friends. But for you, it seems like you genuinely didn't know the word or you did come out as lesbian and then realized that you were trans, right? Yeah, cause, I mean, I knew something was off or just different. And I think I thought, like at first I really was like, oh, this is it, I like girls. Mm-hmm. And then once I came out and I started dating girls and stuff and I still was just like, not, like, not quite it. Yeah. <laughs> That's when he had, that, that friend of mine asked me that question and I, I was like, this is what I've been missing. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah, it. I, I think honestly though, had I known before, I probably still would have done it one at a time. The really? Way I did. Yeah. Just same same kind of reasoning that you felt like it would be easier for people to just part of take the one step. Mm-hmm. That. <clears throat> yeah, because um, I, I actually expected my dad to take it really well, so I was really oh, taken aback when he wow. didn't. Yeah, that um, would be extra hard. He actually knew before I told him because he was my iMessages were getting sent to his laptop. <gasps> so. Oh no. Yeah, I didn't necessarily get to come out that time the way I wanted to either. Uh, to the public, I did. Yeah. I don't remember how I did it, honestly, but I remember <laughs> that I got to do it. Huh? Crazy. I, in his defense, I did come home with all my hair just chopped off. Um, oh. <laughs> and you see my hair. He was really hurt that it was gone mm. because it's... Yeah, your hair is very nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, he was, he was really upset about that. Mm. I think he was probably more upset about that at, uh, originally than me coming out. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. So he he saw the messages coming into his computer, but didn't ever confront you about it? No, he never confronted me. And I think he still was kind of hoping that it wasn't real. It's just a phase. Yeah. Wow. Five years or five plus years later. Wait, no, this is originally. Sorry. Oh, I thought you said he still is hoping it's not Oh, no. Like at the time, I think he was like Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, that was misleading of (laughs) me. I was like, oh, that's (laughs) a long time. Yeah, so I think- because from the time he started receiving my messages to the time that I came out to him was like at least a month. Okay. So I think at that point he was, that's why I said still, he was still hoping that maybe it's not real. And then I just came home with no hair. <laughs> no hair. And I let my friends cut it in the bathroom. So it was, oh, <laughs> so it was a great haircut. <laughs> it was a really good haircut. And I actually, I was playing basketball at the time. And I had a basketball game that we were not going to finish my haircut and make it to that game in time. So I went with like half of a haircut, oh my <laughs> played my game, and then came back and we finished it. That's but funny. I remember there's a video of me getting my hair cut off and somebody somebody called the person recording the video and you just hear them say, what the fuck are you doing to Brianne's hair? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that That's was a fun funny. night. <laughs> they were all like five years older than me so i was like oh wow 14 and these like 19 and 20 year olds are cutting my hair wow (laughs) yeah that was like a group of friends you hung out with normally i actually had a crush on one of them and she's the reason i came out oh yeah god so the only reason i really was hanging out with them was because i liked her Mm. and she was kind of in the same boat of as me of not really knowing like how she identified and stuff like that so She's not very cute, so, but, but like, I, so I, so I, but I, totally what I'm saying is like, I think that's what attracted me to uh, her because okay. I wasn't very physically uh, okay. attracted. It was that like, we were both like in this same mm-hmm. space of like, 
just really curious and right you felt a kindred yeah exactly exactly that makes sense <laughs> not to just be like she was ugly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting description <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this might be an ign- this definitely an ignorant question. Oh, I'm so glad you're gonna. <laughs> I'm glad you're gonna preface this. Some of the questions. He's like, I know ignorant. I'm shitty for saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it. Um, but so would it, would you still consider yourself to be lesbian? No, no. So you I take was, on so a new so role, taking, basically. Saying right? you're okay. transgender, then it then not lesbian, not gay. It's yeah. So. I'm going to talk about the person that I said we were not going to disclose names of earlier. Okay. <laughs> um, so the last girl that I was kind of talking to or dating identifies as straight, as far as I know at this point. When somebody is trans, like, I'm just a boy at this point. Like, mm-hmm. like I identify as straight. There's trans men that identify as gay. And I actually don't think your question is necessarily ignorant. I think, because um, I actually had a coworker text me last night and say, um, she's one that this is all foreign to her other than me. Um, she texted me and said, hey, I have a question for you, and please don't be offended. And so I was like, all right. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> so she just asked me. She said, I'm watching this show, and the, there's a transgender person that's transitioning from female to male, and they identify as transgender gay, and I don't understand what that means. And I said, all it means is they are attracted to men. So that'd be like me if I was gay. Mm-hmm. Like if I was attracted to men, I would consider myself gay. Mm-hmm. So I think... No, that's that's a good question because a lot of people do have misconceptions about that. But so and that's what I would have thought that mm-hmm. where you transitioned to male that you wouldn't then be lesbian anymore. But I didn't know if you considered yourself lesbian because you had said a couple of times that you came out as lesbian. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you. St- I don't. I don't know. Like I said, ignorance. <laughs> and so yeah, no, that was um, just then before you just realized then before, that before I realized that I am a boy. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to ignorant questions, I can usually tell the difference between like somebody who's genuinely uneducated and mm-hmm. somebody who's just an asshole. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's honestly really, really rare, rare that somebody handles it the right way when I come out. I've actually mm-hmm. only had it happen once and it was like last week. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. What can I ask? Um, tell us what the wrong ways are. So what are the wrong ways <laughs> and what was the right way that yes. somebody did, did react to you? So out? a couple wrong ways are, oh, I would have no idea that you're a girl, mm. which is a pretty obvious one. Or um, just being like, oh, I didn't know your partner was lesbian or gay or, you know, so kind of assuming that I'm the other gender. Or mm-hmm. how did you decide to be transgender? Or why did you decide to be transgender? Oh. I'm like, this was not a decision. Right. <laughs> so like the way you worded it, I was actually really impressed with your first question. You said, at what age did you realize? Because realize, yeah. you don't decide this. Right. Like you realize it. Mm. Or just kind of being over the top, like shocked, like, wow, I had no idea, like, blah, 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 blah. I support trans people, like, (laughs) I don't want all that. And I don't think I've met a single trans person that does. Right. It's, there's simpler ways to show your support that are not like putting me in this box of like, I'm some different species than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put them on your podcast. We're already no, so, losing. <laughs> so I have a new staff, um, and she's the first person that I've been really impressed with the way she handled me coming out. And I, I don't really hide it. I'll come out to pretty much anybody and anybody, anybody and everybody. So we were taking some of the kids to the to the front runner station when we were done with with treatment for the night. And after they left, we got kind of talking about the Mormon church. And so, so I told her that story 
about the the bishop mm. and in order to do that she kind of needed to know that i was trans right so i told her that and the only thing she said to me was what are your pronouns oh nice and yeah. i said he him evolved that's great yeah, and that was it that's great okay <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> and then move on move on if i want it to be made like a spectacle of then it will be like here right now mm-hmm. but other than that like I, I try and really educate people as much as i can because i am so comfortable with it and i know a lot of trans people aren't mm-hmm. we have for example a kid at my work that he was very very curious and he had no idea he's young and he asked a lot of questions that weren't worded the best <laughs> and some people might be really bothered by the way he asked them but I try and come from a point of understanding of like, this is still really new to a lot of people. Right. Just kind of knowing that difference of like genuine curiosity and blatant ignorance, mm-hmm. um, I feel like has really helped me. And my boss actually told me during my job interview, cause I disclosed it right from the get go. He was fully supportive. He's awesome about it to this day. Make sure I can go to all my doctor's appointments and whatnot. But he was like, I would be careful which kids you tell. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Like kids in the center that yeah, are being yeah, yeah. treated. Just, just given the the environment, like kids will take your your personal life and use it against you sometimes. Oh. If that would be hard. Yeah, and it, and it's usually nothing about you. It's you know they've got a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, they're just lashing kids. out. Exactly. So he's like, I'd be really careful about who you tell. And then one day in a group, I told all of them. <laughs> You're like, fuck I, that advice. Like, just, to know. <laughs> my whole thing is, I know we're going to get kids coming through that are like non-binary yes. or, or gender fluid or maybe even trans as well. And mm-hmm. I just want them to know that they have at least one safe person there, even though all my coworkers are great. They're right. all fantastic. I just want them to know that they have somebody like them there. Yeah. And so when he told me that, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to follow that. <laughs> so I gave it a couple of weeks and then I was like, you know what? Like it's important for them to know. Yeah. And so I told them and I'm, I'm very open about it and they'll kind of make jokes, ab- not make jokes about it, but like, for example, they were doing this dumb internet trend thing where you're supposed to like stand up with a chair. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I think I've seen it. You bend over on the wall, right? Uh-huh. And then you can't stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the oh. idea is that girls can do it, but boys can't. So they're like, let's see Kel do it and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so like stuff like that. And they've all been they've all been great about it. And like I said, I've had a few kids that are really curious and they'll ask me some like way out there questions and I'm just like, I'm not answering. That. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, how do you trans people have sex? And I'm like, I'm not talking about that with you. <laughs> I've gotten that one like three or four times. And I'm like, oh, wow. We're not going there. <laughs> so can you do the chair thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> I fell forward into the wall. <laughs> I, I really tried, but. <laughs> I think you sharing that with them is a great example of power and vulnerability, mm-hmm. especially with people who are there seeking treatment. Like, that's a, a great example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, For it's sure. it's one of those things that I just, I'm really proud of it. So I feel like it's important for others to know and maybe. It inspires there was yep. there was multiple kids at Roy High School that came out after I came out mm-hmm. and I was it was really cool to see not trying to like to my own horn and be like <laughs> I started it all but like <laughs> sometimes it really does just take like seeing one other person mm-hmm. like, yeah you created you created a space for people yeah, exactly. to think oh yeah. I, I can do this yeah and that that was really cool I think Ken was actually the first one after me that, that mm-hmm. came out and that was when we didn't like each other so of course it was like <laughs> rivalry oh, he just wants to be me <laughs> <laughs> and i was like he chose Kel- or kenyan and i'm kellen i was like he just okay that's not. my next question I'll, i hope like like brad said i really hope i'm not gonna ask things the wrong way but how do you choose your new name so for some people it 
is as easy as like a childhood nickname or something. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, my friend Ashton, he grew up as, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, I don't think he will. He grew up as Aubrey. And when they were younger, he actually grew, grew up next door to Kate. So they were really, really good friends. Um, they would play house and he would play the dad. And as the dad, his name was Ashton. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how he picked his. Me, um, it's kind of embarrassing because it was back in my scene phase. <laughs> okay, what's the scene phase? Like emo music. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, God, I feel so old. So like the like the swoopy lo- or like the long hair yeah, across your face, just like, like emo emo. Yeah, raw mm-hmm. XD and stuff. <laughs> so there's a band called Sleeping with Sirens, <laughs> and their lead singer's name is Kellen. Mm-hmm. And I just, it wasn't that I wanted to be named after him, it was I just really liked the name. Yeah. And I was planning to name one of my kids that. Oh. And then when I was thinking, okay, what am I going to change my name to? I was like, I could just take that from my, yeah. my child. <laughs> it felt right. That I don't have. <laughs> Your unborn um, child. <laughs> and then I chose Wesley as my middle name because that's what my mom had picked out oh. if, I, if I were to be born a boy. Um, so it was between Wesley if I was a boy or Brianna mm. if I was a girl. So I, I picked that. Hmm. Very nice. Yeah. So do you change your name on your birth certificate and license? Mm, I got that changed about six months on testosterone. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, so quite a while. Yeah, because it's I, I'm the only one out of all my friends that has my name legally changed. Mm. So it really sucks for them when they go places. And yeah. like they go to the DMV and they're like, hi, so-and-so. And it's their birth name. Like, mm. It's just one of those things where it... It kind of haunts you if you don't change it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that um, makes sense. Like you go places and they ID you and then look at your card and they're like, "What? Yeah, what? yeah." So mm-hmm. it was really important to me that I got that changed pretty quickly. I still haven't changed my gender. Um, I tried to do it at the same time, but they wouldn't let me until I had surgery. Really? I, yeah. There's just, is there there's laws already created about that? That's the thing is there's not laws. It's up to the judge. Oh, but really? he was like, I just don't feel good about changing it until you're Ugh. you've had surgery oh you don't feel good man <laughs> <laughs> that's like even more upsetting that there is no law rather than yeah. there being a law and you you know what so i just mean just some like, old man's discretion yeah like yeah. obviously it'd be ideal if you could legally change it before surgery but that's almost more upsetting that it's just up to this exactly man or woman who's a judge and is like I feel like you should do this first. Yeah, and then so I did get surgery in in uh, July of this year, so I can change it now. I just well, hopefully, if the judge is not mm, asshole, yeah, he he wouldn't. They wouldn't have any reason not to at this point. At that point, do you just flash him? Be like, you tell me. <laughs> I'm like, just, <laughs> tell me what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, but well, it's like I go to the. Like when I broke my arm, I go to the ER and the lady was like, so it says here you're a girl. Is that right? And I was like, yep. (laughs) Technically speaking. Yeah, I was like, if we want to get technical, yes. Or like you get pulled over and they look at your your ID. And I have one friend that hasn't had one, like a new license picture taken since he started transitioning. Oh, wow. So he still has long hair and his birthday on there. And they're just like, yeah, fucking right, buddy. Like, who is this? Oh, man, that could be dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. How how come none of your friends have done it? Just because it's expensive and time consuming? Yeah. So you have to pay like, I think it was like $400. Oh, okay. And you have to wait for a court date. Mm. so it's like you combine that with the money and it's just a drag and then once you do get it changed you have to go change your license and your Mm -hmm. social security and your like your bank accounts and everything so it's like yeah that's like when you change your 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. the same thing, Liz. <laughs> you're, you're right. In it a, is not the same thing. Sense. But I, yes, yeah. I delayed changing my name for like five years because it was <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's like you got to plan a whole ass week to get everything yeah. done. And I was born in Washington State. So oh, God. So it's even harder. So I still haven't changed my birth certificate because it's not like I go there every weekend yeah, or something. Right. <laughs> huh. um, so real quick, this is backtracking, but how did your mom react to you coming out? One is lesbian and then two as trans. My mom has been really supportive through the whole thing. So my mom left when I was young. We're not going to get super into that now, but just kind of as a preface to this. Mm -hmm. So part of me thought that it was her trying to manipulate me into like going to live with her or whatever, because she was like, oh, you can come live with me. Like, I totally get it. Your dad's being an ass. So part of me was like, you're just saying that because you want me to come live with you and you know I won't otherwise. Yeah. But my mom has always been awesome about it. She actually... I don't really get very emotional, but the year that I came out, she sent me a birthday card, and the front of it said, to the son who was born to be loved. Mm. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) So she's always been been really good about it. She also, she kind of leaves it up to me to come out to people. Mm -hmm. Um, she She got remarried two years ago. And so we flew out for her wedding and most of her friends hadn't seen me since. Mm. And she had a wall full of pictures from when we were kids. And I had a couple of people that were like, why aren't you in any of these? <laughs> and I was like, I'm right there with the pigtails. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she really left it up to me to like tell it how I wanted to. Yeah. And cool. she was like, I did tell my friends. She was like, I told them you're going to be a little bit different than they remember. But that's all I told them. Mm hmm. And I really appreciated that. And all her friends were awesome about it. Washington's actually like kind of on the forefront for trans Mm -hmm. rights as far as states in the U.S. go. Um, And she's always kind of been with more of an accepting group because that's just her type of people. Mm -hmm. Um, No, but she's been awesome about it. And I actually, she let me move out to Colorado. She moved to Colorado um, and she let me move out there with her so that I could get on her insurance because her insurance paid for all but $1,200 of my surgery. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Whereas wow. my dad's, I would have been paying about 11000 <coughs> Oh, shit. Yeah. And in order Jeez. for me to get on her insurance, there had to be a drastic change, like a parent dying or mm-hmm. like me moving states. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she was, was willing to, to do that for me, which was super cool. Yeah, that is cool. So you moved to uh, Colorado. Was it just this year or last year? It was last year. Okay. Mm. And then when did you have your, could you have surgery? You had surgery. And then I think Kate was saying that, were you in Colorado when you had surgery? No. So I was only in Colorado for a little while. Actually, it was really hard for me to be out there because I really didn't know my mom that well. So my first time living with Mm -hmm. her since I was a little kid, I didn't really know my stepmom very well. The only other person living out there was my sister who she really struggled with me being trans. So I was like super isolated out there. So I only lasted like five months or something. <laughs> and Jen had actually, Jen Daly actually made a joke about it because when I came back, she was like, I'm surprised you uh, made it as long as you did. <laughs> she like, knew you'd be seeing you soon. But we, they had like this whole going away party for me and everything. And then I come back like a few months later. But even still... My mom was really upset that I, like, moved back, um, mm. but she's still... So I moved back in November of last year. Okay. And had my surgery in July of this year. I waited so I could, like, save a little bit of money, and then she actually flew out to take care of me after mm. surgery. Wow. I just came That's and stayed nice. a week. She just slept on a couch in my bedroom mm. and catered to all my needs because <laughs> <laughs> surgery made me so sick after, like, the anesthesia. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's nice. Yeah, it was... 
it was rough. I felt pretty shitty for like three days. Yeah. And I was like high for 24 hours after <laughs> and there's some pretty ridiculous videos of me. I'll have to show you guys later. <laughs> That's funny. What is your, what is your like upkeep now? You mentioned that you had your doctor visits. Yeah, so I had my last post-op appointment last week, actually. So following surgery, you go in post-op about, I want to say it's seven to ten days after, and they put these bolsters on your nipples, which is basically like a pressure, pressure dressing because you, you get a graft. So they take them off, resize them, and then sew them back on. So they're really sensitive at first, and it's actually really easy for the graft to die. Really? Mm. Yeah, so I, I actually did have one die. So we always joke now because I have... Technically one nipple. <laughs> I, have, I have two areolas, but one actual nipple. Oh, really? Um, like the little nipple part just... Yeah, there's just a little like slit there. Like wow. A little hole. Uh, <laughs> wow. What, it's like an inverted then when it kind of, it, it like kind of looks... Yeah, it's just got some extra scarring. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's kind of... I'll show you later. <laughs> <laughs> Jen uh, said you would. <laughs> yeah, so following the surgery, there's most of the care you have to take revolves around your nipples and just kind of not moving your arms too much. Mm-hmm. After about four to six weeks, you're pretty back to normal. My problem was I my skin wouldn't really stretch where I needed it to, so I have stretch marks all over now mm. because of just like forcing my arm up and back, trying, to, trying to get my range of motion back. Mm. Um, but following those four to six weeks of just kind of taking it easy it, at this point it's just caring for my scars mm-hmm. um the only reason i did have post-op so many post-op appointments because i think i had like eight was because of that nipple mm-hmm. wow. um there was a bunch of fluid in it and i oh it was so gross i could stick <laughs> i had to take a like a little packing strip and i had to stick it in there <laughs> to absorb <laughs> yeah to absorb the little fluid that was that was in there as a result mm-hmm and it would go in like probably an inch. Oh, wow. So I just had to do that every single day until it finally closed up. And I want to say it took three weeks of doing that every single day for it to close itself. So what kind of incisions do they do? There's three different types. If you are like the smallest boobs ever, like an A cup, (laughs) you can get um, keyhole surgery, which is literally just two holes like on each side um, above like in your rib cage and they just pretty much suck it out most people that have breasts that small don't need nipple grafts anyways because they're usually smaller mm-hmm. so if you're anything above that they do a double incision mastectomy uh, so my scars go from the middle of my chest to my armpit like underneath my armpit like when the crease then right Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Well, so some of them do. Mine, mine goes straight out. It just kind of depends on on the person and kind of how they're built. Okay. Um, yeah. So for me, they they go straight out. I've got like a centimeter between each scar, mm-hmm. and then there's a modified double incision, which is kind of like a cross between two. That's if m- maybe if you have like barely a B cup, you can do, which is more of like a two or three inch in- inch incision because they still need to remove some skin with that one Mm -hmm. so they'll suck it out and then just remove the extra skin so it gives you a little bit more of a scar than the keyhole but still not nearly as bad as mine are so with your uh transition surgery are you have you just done the upper then you haven't done or are you fully transitioned um i've only had top surgery so far oh yeah i guess we should have because i already (laughs) knew that you had it so we probably should have said earlier talking just about top surgery yeah so to get bottom surgery you actually have to be 21 most surgeons oh really yeah surgeons typically don't like to operate unless you are there's one clinic in the u.s that is like leaps and bounds like ahead of all other bottom surgery clinics and that's uh brown and crane in san francisco so that's where i plan to go that's where 
pretty much everybody in the West goes. But with bottom surgery, it is a much longer surgery. It's yeah. like, I'm trying to remember exactly. Usually it's two surgeries, and I want to say it's like 11 hours of surgery. Wow. God wow. damn. That's a lot. Yeah. So combine the traveling with how sick I know that anesthesia is going to make yeah. me. It's one of those things where I'm like, honestly, I don't need it right the second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can wait a little while. <laughs> yeah. How can I ask how they do that? Like, what does the bottom? You haven't researched tell? that already, Kelsey, yeah, and all of your well, googling. Okay, you okay, do? okay. <laughs> Here, here's the th- I have looked up. I have heard, and I don't know if I've ever looked it up specifically, but most of the shows that I've watched about trans people, it's uh, female to male, and they have talked about bottom surgery that way. But I haven't really heard much about female to male bottom surgery. So if you, you want to talk about oh I did so oh, she did her, but I her, heard it the yeah. other way so the videos she you watched it. were on male to female yes, yes. Yeah. so um, there's two main types of bottom surgery one is called a phalloplasty and the other is called a metoidioplasty mm-hmm. with a phalloplasty you get a much more normal looking result the downfall with that is you may not get full sensation and what they do with that one is they take grafts from your thighs and from your usually the forearm because that has a lot of mm-hmm. um, nerve endings. And they'll pretty much just make one out of that (laughs) in more or less words. Yeah. Um, And then they do, for the scrotum, they just do like a silicone one. Oh, um, really? So you still have the appearance, like a normal appearance. So it's like a silicone implant. implant, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just just for the scrotum. And those ones are larger than the metoidioplasty because they can pretty much make it the size you want mm. um they're not gonna do anything ridiculous like give you a 12 inch wang or anything <laughs> but that would be crazy <laughs> yeah but um with the metoidioplasty you're typically expecting full sensation um and that's kind of they just this is the one that people say like you clip the clit <laughs> Um, so you cut some of the nerves down there and then you take a medication that is supposed to make it grow out, but it does not end up nearly as big as a phalloplasty. So it's kind of like a pick your poison type of thing. Like, which would you rather? Um, personally, I plan to go with a phalloplasty. Sorry. Was that the first one you explained or the second? (laughs) That that, that was the first first one. Okay. Yeah. That, that. These are very foreign words, so I couldn't remember which was which. Yeah. So that, that's the first one. And that's what most go with, um, it's pretty rare that somebody goes with a metoidioplasty in this day and age. Yeah. So you're saying with the metoidioplasty, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. They just cut the clitoris yeah, so they and then let it do its thing and it just grows? Yeah. So when you start on testosterone, you experience an enlargement of your clit anyways. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Just Never because of the, the testosterone. So I honestly haven't done as much research on this as I should have. But from my understanding, it's you clip the nerve endings take a medication that allows them to grow uh-huh. and then it usually only ends up being like maybe an inch or two <laughs> uh. so for me personally that's not ideal <laughs> yeah that makes sense but it's interesting but no shaming those who have micro penises yes. <laughs> no one was talking about <laughs> <laughs> micro penis is even smaller than that so. <laughs> it happens you know <laughs> so what do they do what uh, with the vagina then after e- e- in either of these scenarios yeah do you know <laughs> sorry if you don't if question. you know or you don't know <laughs> well and all of <laughs> but imagine you can't just like parts. sew it up because uh, I, don't, well, I don't know I maybe you can do actually I, yeah i think really? because do you have to do a hysterectomy you're no longer then? have yeah you're no longer oh, having yeah, a period okay. right no you you usually stop 
your period usually stops one to three months on T. So you, you have to have a hysterectomy and a neuphorectomy before you can get bottom surgery. Mm-hmm. A neuphorectomy? Oophorectomy. Oh, that's two O's. Yeah, like, that's that? uh, all of it out. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, my my doctor that prescribes my testosterone, actually, she does a lot of hysterectomies at the same time as people getting top surgery. So she'll work with, oh. with the same doctor that I went to and just kind of knock them both out. But I was like, yeah, I don't. Not ready? I don't, don't want to suffer through both of those at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If it wasn't for like recovering, I'd be fine, which I actually, a lot of people were like, damn, that looked really painful just because of how big my scars are, but you don't feel a thing. Yeah. Like I still don't have feeling in my chest fully yet. So Hmm. when did you say your surgery was? It was in July. July. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a lot of like a tingling sensation of the skin, like the nerve endings just being changed? Um, sometimes I'll get weird little like I call them zaps. Lightning <laughs> bolts? Lightning bolts yeah. in my chest. And that's just kind of the feeling working its way back. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I I literally could not feel a thing. Like, you could punch me in the chest and I wouldn't feel it. Wouldn't feel it? Yeah, I, I felt pressure, um, kind of where the incisions were. But other than that, I didn't really start getting any feeling back until like three weeks post-op. And then I'm still slowly getting it back, which can take up to a year to get it all back. Oh, wow. And even then, you might still have what they call dead spots mm-hmm. yeah just and my nipples will never have feeling <laughs> mm. so so why did you have to have grafts just because the nipple size change would be so yeah, so i drastic? was a, i was a d before so that's a lot of extra skin that they have to remove as well as typically the larger the breast the larger the nipple so mm-hmm. it would look really weird if i had the same size <laughs> nipple on a d as a flat <laughs> chest <laughs> um, which is the case with with most <clears throat> most female nipples are larger and shaped different and they're also in a different place because mm. um, with females the nipple is in the middle typically <laughs> um and then with a the male it's kind of off center and down a little bit more mm, that's true i didn't even think about that yeah so, so they'll they'll resize um reshape and move them to the right position mm. okay so it was a lot of moving around then yeah yeah they come in pre-op and they're like all right take your you know let your gown down and then they draw on your boobs of like where they're going to cut and they take measurements and uh they take before and after pictures um so they can kind of follow up with that and then some people with that are have larger boobs end up with what they call dog ears and that's just kind of like some overhang on the side where the scar ends under the armpit Mm. i have one a little bit on my left side and he told me last week in my appointment he's like if you want to fix that we can like do it and usually they'll tell the insurance that it's like a like a benign tumor (laughs) oh really they'll like make up some like fancy like yeah it's this blah 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 that needs removed (laughs) so that insurance can yeah we'll pay for it we'll pay for it Hmm. so i i'm probably gonna end up doing that just to get that a little bit revised and he also told me too he can take down some of the scarring on the the nipple that died Mm-hmm. so that it will look more normal even though it won't be an actual nipple right yeah. there so i might do that too we'll see it sounds like it won't be fun so <laughs> i might not <laughs> yeah <laughs> um do you have to take testosterone is it just usually like for a set amount of time is that something you always have to take you always have to take it because since you won't have like real testicles mm. you won't you're not making it, it yeah, yeah. When you get a hysterectomy and nephrectomy, you can lower your dosage because you're not producing oh, as much okay. estrogen. Mm. But until that point, you're on the same amount every week forever. Oh, wow. Every week.
in a general place of <laughs> talking about your transition. But <laughs> yes, something like that. You were telling us what they do with the vagina during the surgery. That's what we were doing. We were past I that. Yeah, we were done. past that. I know, but I still am curious about what happens there. <laughs> um, I think, uh, I think, I think he's given you all the information. Yeah. <laughs> I think they just take away anything you don't need. <laughs> that, stuff. that makes sense. Okay, so I have more questions. All right. <laughs> One of them is... I feel like a lot, I feel like I'm backtracking a lot, but I like that you just, you keep talking and then I'll go back as needed. So once you came out as trans, how did, how quickly did you make the decision to start testosterone? And like, what are the resources like for that? It's like, okay, now I'm trans, like what are the next steps? So I kind of debated for a while on like how far I wanted to go with my transition because at that point I wasn't experiencing a ton of like dysmorphia. I was mm. just kind of like excitement for like what was to come. I knew I wanted to start testosterone, but at the same time I wanted to make sure that my parents weren't right and then it wasn't just a phase or anything. Mm. So I would I waited <laughs> I I waited about a year before I was like, "Okay, I'm ready to do this." And mm. I told my parents, I was like, "Hey, can when you come to the doctor with me and like sign this paper?" And they were like, Fuck no. <laughs> really? Even Just like mom? that? Fuck no. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom couldn't. You know oh, how Cavalier Mormons are? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they were like, no, we're not going to let you, like, I, I think they use the term defile your body. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever that means. So then I started kind of doing research about, like, well, can I just do it anyways? But, like, obviously that's a no go until you're 18. Um, but I did start researching doctors already, even though I knew, like, <laughs> I can't do this for a couple more years. Mm-hmm. There's a website. I can't remember the name of it, but something like LGBTQ doctor, like some websites help you find LGBTQ friendly doctors. And I found one called, her name is Dr. Lucanar, and she's really well known for doing hormone therapy. She's one like trans advocate of the year for a couple, like a couple years. Um, her, her office is, she's an OBGYN. Um, but her office is very trans friendly. She has pins in there that have like pronouns on them and you can mm. put a sticker on your shirt that says hello really? my name is. Yeah. That's nice. So she's awesome. All the ladies in her office are awesome. So I made an appointment. It takes a little while to get in for your first one, just because you are a new patient to her. So I set an appointment, I think it was like two months later. I set the earliest time I possibly could after my eighteenth birthday, which was two days after mm. and went in and started that night so they your parents never did come around to signing the paper you had to wait till you were 18. yeah yeah i had to wait it was i fought it for a while and then i was just like all right the only person getting pissed off here is me so i'm mm-hmm. just gonna just i'm just gonna stop yeah and then so they fill out the prescription they kind of tell you how to do it in the office it's it's a shot and then i went and got the stuff and went and did it nice yeah <laughs> how did you feel it was like immediate energy within like an hour really Uh, yeah like i had way more energy and then the next day i was like damn i'm hungry (laughs) 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 so i I remember saying to my brother because my brother's lazy as fuck and it's just like (laughs) lounging around all the time so i was like how do you feel like this and you're like don't do more shit maybe he's got low t (laughs) but now I get it because, because I'm used to having that amount. Oh, right. So it kind of becomes Your a norm. normal. Yeah, it yeah. becomes a new normal and then doesn't have <laughs> such a big impact. But yeah, the first things I really noticed was that I was hungry. 
I had more energy and it increases your sex drive quite a bit. So that was another thing that was mm. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than those three things you just mentioned, were there other like major things that you noticed or cause I've, I have thought in the past, like it seems like you would basically be going through pu- puberty again, but as an adult, do you feel like you had a lot of mood swings or anything like that? Well, I have bipolar disorder, so yes, but oh, <laughs> not, you have yeah, disorder? I have bipolar type too. Oh. So it was nothing. I felt my anger was a little more intense mm. as far as physical changes. I think there's a lot more than most people realize just with the hormones. First and foremost is your voice. Once you hit about six months, your voice has pretty much dropped fully mm. until that time you squeak a lot and you just, <laughs> you sound like you're like a 14 year old boy. <laughs> After that, once you hit about a year, you'll notice more changes with your body. Oh, sorry, backtracking a little bit. Also, body hair and facial hair. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of depends. So for me, my dad didn't get facial hair until he was like 21. So that's <laughs> why I'm sitting here with like a neck beard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about the only place I get hair on my face. Huh. But um, you get a lot more body hair. And then you're down the road. You kind of notice changes with your body. As far as like my hips used to be wider than my shoulders. Mm. Um, so that kind of changed. And then the way your body fat distributes changes. Really? Mm-hmm. So. Contestant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you store fat more like a male kind of in the gut rather than like females will store it in like the back of their arms and their, their thighs first. So that changes as well. Uh, it's a lot easier to gain muscle. I gained a lot of muscle without even doing anything. Mm. So that was cool. <laughs> it gave me really bad acne. Really? Which happens mm-hmm. with a lot of people. I had a little bit before. <laughs> Just dropped my pen. But um, once I hit about five months, I, my face was just covered in like big cystic acne. My back was covered where I had, I had never had a zit on my mm-hmm. back. Not once before. <laughs> huh. So I ended up going on Accutane and that has, has helped with that. I still get breakouts every now and then, but that's another big one that people struggle with. And then you usually gain weight when you first start. Um, for me... I think I gained like 15 pounds, but it was mostly muscle at that mm. time. So it wasn't really a big deal. Hmm. Will you continue to grow more hair on your face or do you think that it's at where it's going to be? I mean, my dad has like a full face, so I'm hoping so. But my family's kind of weird with facial hair. Like my, my dad's brother hardly gets any. He has to take supplements to try and grow facial hair. <laughs> wow. So we'll oh, see. Brad's writing some down. He's trying to get on <laughs> tea. He's trying to get on tea to get his beard fuller. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm hoping so, but we'll see, I guess. Mm. It, Might I just get, be genetics. True. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. My dad's a hairy guy, though, so we'll see. <laughs> Did you say he will get a full beard now? Mm-hmm. Or he's just hairy elsewhere? Well, he, he's hairy he elsewhere, a, too. But he will he, get a full yeah, beard Yeah, he now. can get a full beard. Just took him a while. <laughs> just took him, yeah, a very long time. <laughs> so, That's yeah, funny. like my 19-year-old brother has just, like, peach fuzz. <laughs> mm and there's like kids in my work that are 14 with full grown beards. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was that same way though. I didn't, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't start growing like real facial hair until like 25, 26. And even still, I can't, like it doesn't fill in here. And it's You annoying. got a great, you got a great Mark Wahlberg beard. Yeah, mine's better. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I can, I can understand that. It kind of sucks. There's yeah. hope. Yeah, there's hope. I mean, you know, I I wouldn't say this is a great beard, but it, you probably have it's at least this. To look to, so. 
Um, did you start dressing and going as a boy before you were 18 then? Or did you just continue on as as a girl? Yeah, so, well, let's see. Pretty much when my mom left, so I was like eight at the time, she was the one that really cared what I wore. My dad didn't care so much. So since then, it was pretty much basketball shorts and T-shirts. Um, there was this phase in junior high, I think eighth grade, I was really trying to not be something other than a cis girl. And so you see pictures from that time and I've got like my hair curled and makeup on and stuff, but I didn't know how to do that myself. So I just had like my friends that were girls like would choose outfits for me and stuff like that. That lasted honestly probably only a summer before I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And then I started just kind of back to basketball shorts and t-shirts and hoodies and stuff. And then when I came out as lesbian was when I really was like, started dressing like a boy. I went, I remember I ordered some pants and like some stuff from PacSun online and it came and my dad was like, why the fuck would you spend your money on that? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, those are $50 pairs of pants. And I was like, yeah, they're like decent pants. And he was like, well, I'll just take you to buckle and get you some. <laughs> and I was like, that was not my style. Like rock revivals and stuff was just not for me. But he insisted that if he was going to buy me clothes, then that's where it was going to be from. So oh, I dressed really? like a total buckle clothes. Oh yeah. I dressed like an absolute tool in, <laughs> in like second half of ninth grade and then into 10th grade until I got my own job and I was like yeah I'm not I'm not wearing this shit anymore <laughs> buckled jeans always has way too much so fancy much fancy filigree asses. and yeah. fancy and just fancy shit on the ass pockets <laughs> they, that they I weigh, don't like they weigh like 20 pounds it's like <laughs> oh, with all the fucking bedazzled shit on <laughs> <your> religion <laughs> <laughs> I guess you did say earlier that you were about 14 when you cut your hair off mm -hmm. so then you just kept short hair from then on yeah, um, the length it's at right now is pretty equivalent to the longest I've had it since then. Wow. My friends all want me to grow it out, so we'll see. That's such a nice curl. <laughs> it would, look, so it would probably curly. look so good with long. Yeah. Oh, man. I just hate like leaving my house in the morning with wet hair and uh, it's like yeah. cold outside. <laughs> so you just don't shower for a week. <laughs> well, when your I hair think looks you mean like, weeks. <laughs> when ah, you have shit. my hair texture, <laughs> it, it gets very big. <laughs> if you don't if you don't shower yeah yeah i, I, I can s <laughs> oh wow <laughs> my hair got stuck in my <laughs> in my headphones <laughs> so give me just a sec see this is why you don't want long hair this is yeah. <laughs> jesus i'm gonna tell my friends about this and tell them like, <laughs> now it's stuck in my freaking pen <laughs> oh my god oh my Brad. gosh oh jesus big should have left mistake. my hair up in a yeah in putting a your bun. hair down <laughs> <clears throat> Well, she got to figure it out just fine. I don't know what your problem is. Side swoop. Yeah. Well, I went Pony. to take the... I don't know why I was taking <laughs> I my headphones off. I couldn't remember. <laughs> Ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think those curls would look really nice, yeah. long. That's big, right. a all nice, natural curl. Like Claudio. What's his name? Claudio bun. from... Uh, oh, God. What's that band? Oh, Coheed and Cambria. Coheed and oh, Cambria. It's been so long since I've listened are? to them. That was like know. our junior high okay. age. High okay. school. Yeah, jun yeah. I guess more so high school, but it's Hang on, I can play you some Coheed through the headphones. <laughs> okay. That's a funny story. I'll pull up. You said you were emo and you don't know Coheed and Cambria? I was emo when I was 14, not when I was like in the womb. <laughs> in the womb. Oh, no. Hours. I guess there's a lot of... <laughs> we're like a little bit older. You're only nine years younger than us. Come on. <laughs> Here's the... The coheed. Oh wait, no, no, no! I, I'm gonna one. play. His it'll hair play through. Is oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, his hair is beautiful. <laughs> it looks like Hagrid. So um, <laughs> Liz, what's a good what's a good coheed song that I should put on for him? 
even my dad listened to Coheed and Cambria. Really? Your yeah, dad liked Coheed and Cambria 63. though because he loved, like it had the like real rock drums and your dad yeah. loved rock drums. Um, I gotta find a, I had to, maybe like something from 2000. Oh wow, here's a picture of him 12. with his hair cut off. Oh, I, what the hell? He looks very see. different. Oh, he got a lot of eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his oh. hair is crazy. <laughs> it should be playing, but oh, there it goes. Oh. I don't know if this is one I recognize. Yeah, me. I don't recognize it so far. I don't either. I'll find one. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> it's like, you got to tell me the name of it so I can put it. I'll just we digress, but we can't move on until we do this. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait. Maybe this is one that's. Let me. A Favor House Atlantic. Are you guys just pretending to know this band? Because no. It's been, been, it's, it's been 10 years since I've. Nine years since I've. We were cool one time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which one is this one? I thought this sounded the name sounded familiar, but it doesn't. A favorite house Atlantic. That's the one you want to do. A favorite house. Oh. A favorite house Atlantic. <laughs> oh man, it's been a long time. It has. <laughs> oh, this yeah. even sounds kind of like California. <laughs> Yeah, this that's was what right that guy That's probably as much like. as we can do without getting dinged. Yeah. <laughs> um, he looks like that cool. and sounds like that. Yeah, I, I used it. to love Co. I'm going to have to I listen. I think we're going to listen to some yeah. Coheed and Cambria. Yeah, definitely going to listen to some Coheed soon. <laughs> I used to have a Coheed, um, got it at their concert. It was like a track jacket, zip track jacket, <laughs> black, but it looked like it had it had red on the front looked like my head had been cut off so then it was just like blood coming down the front i loved that <laughs> that's funny that that was i was the nemo kid in high school i had black and white hair only black band t-shirts also the swoop across the face the female yeah. version of that yeah little spikies right here <laughs> yeah that's what my mom when i first cut my hair off my mom was like you got a spike in the back and i was like what the fuck <laughs> she's like, like trust me i go to gay bars <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I'm not that kind. I'm not that kind. <laughs> oh, oh man. I'm not ask the manager kind. Ask the Karen. Karen. Karen's going to ask Speak the to the manager. That's my favorite because I have a coworker and his mom is named Karen. And he's really sassy and he's very opinionated regarding like politics and like he's gay. So he's very like obviously supports LGBTQ rights and stuff. And his mom's name, so her name's Karen. And she's like the typical Karen. And <laughs> he always tells a story about her and stories about her and everybody's just like, ah, Karen. Like, <laughs> Karen. She's become a meme at my work. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Karen's. Kim's too. Kim's, Kim's another Kim's one that's Karen's. that type. I want to talk to the manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've... Have ever or will ever <laughs> ask to speak to a manager? Yeah, I don't know that I have. It feels kind of weird doing it. Mm -hmm. like oh, I'm terrified. Asshole. I don't. I don't like that kind of confrontation. Yeah. Well, then it's like being a manager, and then parents are like, "I need to talk to the supervisor." Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Oh God." <laughs> <laughs> it's okay sometimes, but <laughs> sometimes it's just over like the smallest things, and you're like, "Did you really need me for that?" Yeah. <laughs> they of feel, course. Yeah. Yeah, they, naturally. They want to feel important, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, okay. I don't have a ton more questions, All just right. so you know. But yeah. 
We'll ask your remaining questions that you have about this topic, and then we can ask him stuff about just his life. Okay. I have two more main ones. So the first is how, when you did come out, you said that you weren't really bullied, which is great, Mm -hmm. but uh, overall, how did people react to that? Like, were they pretty accepting and... Yeah, I so I worked at um, a restaurant with Journey mm-hmm. and the friend that outed me, mm-hmm. and everyone there was like kind of fascinated. Honestly, they just I guess curious would be a better word. They all because I started there like I was out, I was going by Kellen and I was going by he, but I wasn't transitioning yet medically. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was so they were all so excited for me when I started tea. And there was one girl <laughs> that Journey was convinced was like in love with me. So she was the one that I figured had known. And then I was like, yeah, I started testosterone today. And she was like, <laughs> testosterone for what? <laughs> and I was like, I'm transgender. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, did you not know that? And she was like, no, I just thought you had kind of a high voice. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but. So that was a really good place for me to be when all that was happening. Mm -hmm. Because not only did I have my best friend there, but I had a team of people that were really supportive. Um, I honestly really haven't run into many troubles with it. I mean, people will say stuff like behind my back sometimes. Like it's never, it never comes from anybody that it would like actually hurt my feelings, what they Mm -hmm. have to say. Mm -hmm. That's good. One of the hardest things when I first started transitioning was, or that gave me the most anxiety was using the men's room. Mm, oh, yeah. How have we not talked about that? <laughs> because it's not normal for a guy to sit down to pee. Mm-hmm. I do every time. <laughs> yep, yes, he you does. Know, yeah. My <laughs> toilet seats are yeah. never up in my house. It is a true blessing. Yes. True I blessing. mean, some people do, but like more often than not, you know, that's kind of out of the societal norm mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. So I'm, there were times when I would just like, sit on the toilet until everybody else in the bathroom left or I would sit there long enough to make it seem like maybe I had taken a shit yeah, in that right. amount of time. <laughs> um, and I remember one time, I think I was probably a year and a half on tea at this point. So I passed everywhere I went. There was never a problem with that. I was in a red Robin bathroom <laughs> with uh, like three of my friends and there was a kid that walked in that I could very easily tell was trans and had not started transitioning medically yet. He walked in and saw that we were all in there and immediately just turned around and walked out. And I wanted to just be like, it's okay. I don't have a dick either. (laughs) (laughs) And I still kind of regret that I didn't because Mm -hmm. poor kid was like, yeah, just, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, I've had done that exact same thing before. So I didn't want to put him on the spot necessarily, but looking back now, I'm like, I would have loved it if someone had done that to me. Um, and then just with my other friends that recently, or that hadn't started transitioning yet, um, I would make sure to go to the bathroom with them, even if I didn't have to go. And then during high school, there was a bathroom out by the weight room that nobody really used unless they were in weight class. So mm-hmm. it was usually unoccupied and that's where I would go to the restroom then. Um, locker rooms in high school. Oh, oh that yeah. was a whole nother beast. Um, well, what administrative, what did the administration? I had do? to use the girls. Mm. Um, so I tried to be like as quick as possible and just like, I never had to change my shirt because I was always just wearing a t-shirt. 
but I just didn't want to make other girls feel uncomfortable because they're mm-hmm. like, oh, if this is a boy, then why is he in my locker room? Like, yeah. I would just, as quick as I can, like, and once I had started testosterone after, like, a month or two when the voice changes were noticeable, I started just going to that bathroom to change mm-hmm. just because I didn't want to make anybody uncomfortable. And one of the things I still struggle with the most is I worry about coming across as creepy mm. because when you're a girl, you don't really have to worry about that. And that's yeah. something that I never, like, want to come across as. So I kind of make sure like I go out of my way to not do things like that. I mean, I've had a roommate before that was a girl and she just like walked around topless. That's like how comfortable she was because she just knew that that was like, mm-hmm. I'm not like, ooh, boobs. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but still like other girls that didn't know me before, like whatever, I'd, I really try my best not to put them in a position like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that I ever have. It's just that I'm like, this is weird that that's something that I like. I'm scared I'm going to do now on mm-hmm. accident. Yeah, I'm just um, hyper conscious of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, I make really, sh- like, I'm really careful about it at work about, like, if I have a female client, like, I'm not in a room with them alone. And if I am, I've got the blinds open, I've got the door open, I try and go to a room with a camera, not only for my safety, but for theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, I really don't want anybody to be put in that position. I don't transport girl clients without a girl staff. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is just how but that's kind of typical mm-hmm. for yeah 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 and, any and male the, right to yeah. be yeah yeah that's that's our policy anyways but even if it wasn't I still would abide by that personally just because I don't ever want anybody to feel like I'm in a position where I right. could do anything like you know God I didn't even think about that men are creepy <laughs> women <laughs> women don't come off creepy yeah. men come off creepy yeah, yeah absolutely that's true. absolutely it's uh so that was a really weird dynamic shift for yeah. me yeah just stuff you never had to think about before yeah (coughs) i worry about that being in the park sometimes (laughs) like even though i have my own kids kids, there yeah if there's like other little kids there and i'm like up on the playground and i just it makes me feel like like you like i don't want anybody to uh perceive me as being Mm -hmm. some creep because i've got long hair and sometimes Mm -hmm. my my beard is unkept unkept (laughs) You look like you live outside. Yeah, so like I, I am especially hyper aware that I might look really creepy, and so that uh, it freaks me out. Yeah, because so. like you, we know our intentions, but other people don't, and I just, yeah. I would hate for anybody to ever feel that like sort of panic regarding mm-hmm. anything. Well, anything surrounding anybody, but especially me. Like I want people to feel safe around me. Yeah. Yeah. Who was it? I was trying to explain to someone why a woman would be afraid of getting in an elevator. Does that sound familiar to anyone? It sounds vaguely familiar. They're like, I don't understand why you would be un- uncomfortable getting in an elevator by yourself with another man. Is really? it on armchair expert? It might be, and he explained it as like, well, how would you feel if you got into an elevator with someone who could easily, easily overpower you? you. Yeah. yeah. So now you like, I don't know, did you ever feel like, scared before and now that you are a man you're like well have that those kind of fears yeah actually and that helps me a lot with connecting with the female clients um i think they feel like they can trust me more than the other male clients or staff just because i do know what it's like to to be scared of men Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to know that they're bigger than me they're stronger than me i really really feel like that helps it helps me connect with them a lot better and it just helps overall them you can relate and i can relate I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, 
one thing kind of regarding like the social dynamic with being male versus female, we used to get into this in my AP psychology class because uh, my teacher knew that I was comfortable talking about it. And so we only had 16 kids in the class, five of them being my friends. <laughs> so um, she was like, how comfortable, like when the gender unit comes up, like, can I ask you like some of the harder questions or like get different perspectives from you? And I was like, hundred percent. So we talked about like how society treats men versus women and they really do treat women like they're like fragile and stupid. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, you know, look <laughs> <laughs> right on cue. Hit the button. Hit the button. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's turned off. <laughs> um, but yeah, you are. It's almost like you're unincluded by men yeah. when you're a woman. Yeah. Like you can't be in the know. Mm-hmm. You can't be on the in the inner circle. Like it's exclusive, and mm-hmm. you know, if you're a girl, you're not invited, mm-hmm. which I'm not down with. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I had a a kid say to me, like, "You can't be friends with girls," and I was like, "What the fuck do you mean you can't be friends with girls?" I was like, "My best friend is a girl." Like, and I tried to explain to him, I was like, "No, dude, girls are fucking awesome. Like, you don't have to just be trying to like sleep with them." Yeah. Right. Y- your agenda doesn't have to be for any sexual gain. For yeah, like, that's what movies age. have taught us. I thought that, that was the. <laughs> Like I thought that was the only way. <laughs> you miss out on like so many like amazing people if you have that mindset of like, yeah. oh, the opposite gender is only made to sleep with, mm-hmm. right? So I, I really tried to kind of instill that in him, but it just didn't <laughs> didn't click. Didn't click. <laughs> I think I think some people are more apt to make friends with the opposite gender, and some people can't wrap their heads around whatever that. A plato- yeah, a platonic, <laughs> a platonic relationship, yeah, yeah. friendship. Mm. I would say yeah. the the males that I am close to, I, like, the thought of being sexual with them is <laughs> is like almost like, oh, that would be like kissing my brother. Like, there's a, it's like a non gender thing. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. That. Mm-hmm. And we do so we do an LGBTQ group at my work, um, and I help one of the the therapists run that, and it's really cool to get the different perspectives of kids that are like pansexual or you know identify as non binary. Um, and kind of hear the struggles that they have currently because it is even a little bit different since when I was their age. So it's, I'm really lucky that I get to work with kids like that and they like feel safe enough to open up to me. And I actually, I'm, I'm way better at connecting with our female clients than male clients. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's just because I am very in touch with my feminine side still, um, and I'm a person that doesn't believe that makes me any less masculine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't always believe that, but now at this point, like, you'll notice I have my nails painted. I never would have done that, like, two or three years ago. Mm, interesting. But now I feel weird if I don't, <laughs> like, have them <laughs> painted just because I'm so used to it. And, like, really? this set was done with the clients at my work. We had, like, a spa day, and we all painted our nails. Um, the dynamic with the way you talk to, like those kids that are female versus male is so different uh, just because they think so differently. Mm-hmm. I feel like part of me, like, I don't know, girls just open up, open up easier, I guess. Um, they tend to be a little bit more trusting when it comes to like talking about their feelings and stuff. So I feel like that kind of plays into that as well. Do you think that's part of uh, like the masculinity the masculine masculinity the masculinity <laughs> the masculine um gosh protocol you know is not really emotions whereas the feminine 
is described as emotional too emotional yeah yeah um we have a saying it's if you don't talk it out you'll act it out so Mm, if you're having these if you're having these negative emotions and feelings and you don't talk about it then you're going to act on those and you're going to um you might be aggressive you might you know be talking out a lot or just breaking rules in general and we you tend to see that more with males because they can't they don't talk about it as much and if they do they kind of sugarcoat things or just they talk about what happened but not how it made them feel per se Mm -hmm. which you miss out on a lot do you Mm -hmm. think they can talk about it or they don't necessarily can talk about how that made them feel is it because they don't know how to say how it made them feel like they weren't given the tools to be able to verbalize that um that's the case a lot of the time um once they get so we have three programs we have residential day treatment and then iop um residential obviously is where the kids with the more severe behavioral issues and whatnot are are at and then they have to earn day treatment um when they are on residential it's that's what they're learning Mm -hmm. is kind of how to how to cope um, how to express their emotions and then the idea is that once they get to day treatment they're putting that into practice in their everyday life mm-hmm. nice <laughs> thanks bro <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's that saying again if you don't talk if you don't talk it out you'll act it out talking out i like that a lot i do too if any of the kids somehow manage to find this podcast they're going to be rolling their <laughs> eyes at me saying that. <laughs> it's true though like yeah i think so much uh anger and aggression and even the opposite of like um being reclusive is because we don't talk about our emotions and feelings and stuff so Mm -hmm. i like that saying a lot yeah it's a good one i'll have to think about it and (laughs) apply it better to myself (laughs) yeah Hmm. brad's gonna fall asleep (laughs) no i'm I'm really not i i would say that i (laughs) I personally feel like I lean more towards the talk it out. Yeah. So, which is good, I think. I don't think I mm-hmm. always have been that way, though. No. Maybe more recently in the last <laughs> nine or ten years. <laughs> but nine or ten? It, I've only <coughs> known you for ten. So yeah, I, I think it was I you that say. helped me. Well, I mean, my family's always been pretty good at talking things out, but that is Before, definitely true that if you don't talk it out, you'll act it out. Mm-hmm. If you don't express yourself. I feel like I'm that, I feel like I am that way, which is nice. For me personally, I feel like it's nice for me that I don't. You feel like that is true for you, though. That if you're not talking about it, then you feel like you can get more in the mood, and then it yeah. resolves by talking about it. Uh huh. And maybe I'm not as good as as I think I am. <laughs> no, <laughs> I you definitely. I can I can say for a hundred percent certainty that you have progressed in a positive way in the time we've known each other to be able to talk about it. At, moreover, than just sulking or being angry you usually can say what's making you upset if you are upset that's good did i don't think we've really talked about this uh did you growing up liz was your family like open to talking about feelings and stuff hard no <laughs> okay that's what i thought <laughs> that's what i thought. my was still that way there's yeah. a, such a big age group between me and my oldest sibling and me and my parents um that i mean and maybe we've already talked about this that they've had a different experience growing up than i mm-hmm. had 
um, my high school experience, I was the only one at home. There was no siblings at home anymore. So it was like- Alex oh, was gone already? Well, he was on his mission. Oh, I guess he is older then, than Gary, so. Yeah. So I was almost like an only child. And I kind of also feel like my parents were like, eh, we're tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are tired. Let her, just let her do it. <laughs> Which is probably good, honestly, because similar kind of to me, Heidi pointed out, I think I, I think I talked about this on my podcast episode, but she pointed out a few years ago that if our parents were strict, I probably would have lived life very differently because I would have intentionally rebelled against that. <laughs> but since they were just like, man, we like we don't know where our kids are going and we don't have, like, I never had a curfew. That's why there none of you are addicted to drugs. Yeah. Like <laughs> there wasn't anything to rebel against. We just did lived our lives and our parents let us do whatever. So I think that is pretty similar to you. Like, I think if your parents had been really strict, you would have really rebelled probably. I, I think that's true. And I also think that they thought that might have been true too. Yeah. Because even now as an adult, I would expect my parents, my mom, to say certain things and I I feel like I'm only getting maybe seven percent of what she really wants to say. Oh wow. I think she realizes I'd I, say it's less than that. Yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe. Her mom used to express any thought that came to her mind about something Liz was doing or wearing or mm -hmm. saying. And now but then, but it wasn't huh. like she was, she would share her opinion, but I don't think she would, I don't know. I mean, I had a 10 o'clock curfew and me and Brad were engaged mm -hmm. and I don't really know what she thought that was going to curb because <laughs> <laughs> you can do any shit anytime today. Yeah, it doesn't true. matter. But it's actually easier in the daylight because you can see better. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Also, I think that's like part of personality too, to mm -hmm. um, maybe I did want to be, but I, I am kind of not like emotionally sharing. Is that why you're kind of leading yes, up to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause we were talking about, yeah. Yes, but that, I, that is definitely a product of how I was mm -hmm. brought up. But you are that way talking. with me. Yeah. Which and you is, always have been. Always, you think? Like, I th yeah, I think so. Oh, maybe we're just so I think late. you've just always felt so comfortable with me because I'm so great. Mm. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back there, Brad. I already no. did. Thank you. No, I feel like, I feel like uh, we learned. Like, we didn't start off being able to just... No, I, I wouldn't say that we've that you've, that either of us have always been great at communicating, but you've always been okay with more or less expressing yourself with me. Yeah, what I've gotten better at is expressing myself. In, and I feel like acknowledging that and then deciding, like deciding, that is not what I want for mm -hmm. myself. That's not what I want for my relationship. That's not what I want for my children. Yeah. So breaking the cycle was important mm -hmm. and also changing in myself how I talked to you and how I talked to my children. I mean, I had already begun changing the way that I talked to people before we even had kids, but also we... We, we got that chance to grow up a little before we had kids. Thank God. Yeah. I would suggest that to everybody. If you yeah. can. Wait. Grow up a little bit before yeah. you decide to raise some other people. Yeah. How many years was there between uh, when you guys got married and when you had Bear? Five. 
Oh, we got years. we got pregnant when oh, it, wow. we were six five years. years. Six okay. years because we got pregnant when I was yeah. five. Nope, that's when wrong. you were five. <laughs> was five. That's wow. not yeah. wrong because we got pregnant in the spring and he's born in December. So no, that's not right either. Six years. We've been almost married six, six years. years, almost six years, which is yeah. My that's parents good. very like ideal a month <laughs> between yeah. marriage and getting pregnant oh, with me. Wow. Oh, you the first child? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're practice child. Well, I would hope. <laughs> You heard that? Uh, yeah. You I was like, well, I hope so because they're only, you know, 21 year, or 19 years older than me. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's how a lot always, of Mormons do it. Yeah. People are always like, your parents are only 40. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. And we've got like 13 year old kids in my work and their parents are like 50. <laughs> God, <laughs> we crazy. are almost 31 yeah. and your parents are 40. God yeah. damn. I, yeah. it's like, this, it's the same age difference between us more. So you guys, I'm a little bit younger, you guys and his parents and us and his, him like this about nine years. Yeah, We're yeah. about nine years older than him. Oh. And nine years younger than his parents. <laughs> well, That's no, weird. didn't you say, oh, your dad's 40, yeah. right? And, 40, and mom, and the, yeah. the stepmom step is 44 older. or something. Yeah. That's She's, weird. Oh, She's Jesus, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> <laughs> We're exactly in between you yeah. two. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. funny. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm the, uh, that puts things into perspective <laughs> a little bit. I'm the oldest of five biological and then I have two stepbrothers that are um one is two years younger and one's about six months older than me but my last brother was born after my mom had her tubes tied oh, oh wow no. yeah oh nothing's yeah. a guarantee <laughs> that's right and he was born um I don't remember the technical name for it but he had like reversed arteries in his heart oh so he had like open heart surgery at like four days old or something jesus christ yeah so i that's crazy my little conspiracy theory mind wants to go straight to it's because the tubes were (laughs) were tied that it like messed up his blood vessels interesting that's my little conspiracy theory but i doubt there's any truth to it because it's like super rare for that to happen but Mm. for either to happen actually yeah yeah what are the chances how old is he now he's 12 now okay yeah he uh He's really embarrassed by his scar, and it makes me kind of sad because he's got a big scar down he's his face. He's embarrassed Why? I don't know. That's, that's badass. A, that's a, that's, that's, that's what a what bad, badass story. Yeah, so the first thing that I, when I got my surgery, I was like, check it out. We got scars together now. <laughs> and after that, that, that like kind of made him happy, I could tell, but... Um, that's too bad that there's not a nut. There's not, I mean, there's a lot of things. I'm saying this wrong. There's not a whole lot of badass things you can do with your life than open heart surgery. Exactly. <laughs> so that's pretty, it's pretty badass. That's we lost somebody. Saying. That's why I'm like, you should be so proud of yourself. Yeah. But, you know, he, uh, he just moved out with my mom in Colorado and he's been doing a lot better out there. Um, he really struggled like behavior wise here, just partially with one being a 12 year old boy and, um, Two, living with, with my dad and stepmom was probably not the best environment for him. And my dad and stepmom know that. That's part of why they, they sent him out there to live with my mom. But um, my stepmom is, or my stepdad is really good with him. And he's got a lot more time than my parents here do to spend with him. But there's a lot of kids here, right? So yeah. That's yeah. So they only have ratio, the, parent to child ratios better up there. Than <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it's just, it's him and my sister. Um, 
me and my sister had a really weird dynamic for a while because she always wanted a sister and so she was pissed that i took that from her really the biological sister then Mm -hmm. okay so she like refused to call me kellen she would call me bubba which was my childhood nickname so i didn't really care but yeah she had a really hard time with it until i moved out there like she would say that she hated me and stuff and then i started spending more time with her and she was like okay maybe he's not so bad and then i remember like there's very few things that get me emotional but i came home one day and came home from work and my mom called me into her room and i was like what's up and she was like your sister got a student of the month for this month and i was like okay cool she's like well i want to tell you why and i was like okay i guess there was this trans boy um that was being picked on by some kid and my sister like yelled at that kid and like straight up made him cry like made the bully cry and uh just like really took that kid in as like her best friend um got the kid to do color guard with her so they like did that together and um kind of shared with him a little bit about me so that he didn't feel so kind of like an outsider or whatever Mm -hmm. um and so it was so cool for me to see that like she went from somebody who couldn't stand the thought of like losing her sister to somebody who's like actively standing up for for other trans kids so that was that was really cool and i got emotional when my mom was telling me and then they did my mom works for comcast and they are part of the pride parade every year so her and my sister and my youngest brother all made like tutus and like (laughs) rainbow tutus and marched in the pride parade nice um with her work so just stuff like that has been really cool and i'm really glad that like going out there has kind of shifted my sister's mindset about that to the point where she called me kellen which seems like a small thing but when you know it's been it was four years transitioning at the time or four years out at the time when she did it for the first time really so that's a big step yeah she uh she really struggled when she lived out here too as far as she just she didn't want to leave her room she um, was just constantly constantly mad at the world and about everybody and just felt like everything was happening to her now she's i don't think she did color guard this year but so now she was on the cheer team at her high school and is just doing super well so it's been cool to see that and like the my mom has a very different approach to parenting versus my my dad so i think her approach has been a lot better for them mm, that's good that is good yeah it, it took a long time for them to forgive her because she did leave when we were younger but She's like a totally different person now. So it was one of those things where like having a parent abandon you, you want to hate them, but all at the same time, they're your parents. They're still your mm-hmm. parents. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, me and her kind of hashed things out actually just last year. Um, and she kind of told me her, sti- her side of everything that had happened and it was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but in uh, just that it was awkward, like well, yeah, finally was, talking about that Yeah, that stuff. would be a long time yeah. not knowing mm-hmm. her side. Because I'd only heard my dad's side for, you know, I was eight or nine at the time. I think I was eight, almost nine. So I went from... Nine, and then you had four younger siblings than you. Wow. Yeah, so the youngest was not even a year yet. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I... He's like my kid, actually pretty much it you had to grow up really fast huh yeah i had to grow up really fast um because my dad went away for a little while after that who were you with my grandma oh wow. so we were living with her and well your dad's mom yeah yeah mm-hmm. but i still kind of took on that parental role mm-hmm. 
so he those bonds that you form are supposed to form with your parents he formed them with me instead so he's 12 and he still holds my hand Mm. and like will sit on the couch and cuddle with me (laughs) which most most 12 year olds would not like be caught dead doing something like that but like even he came to my work um he came out to visit for thanksgiving and we had like a little thanksgiving thing at my work so i brought him to that and he's in front of everybody just like holding my hand (laughs) and all my my coworkers were like it's weird to see like this side of you like you're like a dad (laughs) i was like yep this is my 12 year old (laughs) but he's always just kind of bonded with me more than more than anybody else but now he lives with your mom yeah it, it sucks but um they they live in it's considered like one of the top 10 cities in the country to live in but it's super racist and oh my stepdad, really yeah and my stepdad is black oh wow so like he'll be driving with my younger sister and he's had cars like wave him like flag him down to the side of the road before and they come up to my sister and they're like are you okay do you know this man (gasps) holy shit he like gets followed in the grocery store if he's like alone with either one of them and i'm just like dude mind your fucking business oh dude that's crazy yeah wait that's not normal (laughs) (laughs) are you the one following are you following people (laughs) i do that just trying to make sure (laughs) that's terrible yeah Yeah. it's really crazy like i've listened to several podcasts and like watched documentaries and it's just sad because like in several of them the mom and dad talk about how like yeah my kids got to be eight eight (laughs) o'clock i'm tired my kids got to be eight years old and like i had to have the talk with them about you know when you're in a grocery store you can't put your hands in your pocket you can't stay in one area for too long. You have to be aware. Like, they just have to be hyper aware mm-hmm. of any authoritative figure so that nothing horrible happens, you know? It's sad how conscious they have to be. Yeah, and I think it really... I saw this TikTok earlier that really just rubbed me the wrong way. There's this blonde girl who is very obviously white and she's like dancing in her car and she has words that pop up and it's like people mistake me for and it's like white whitey caucasian (laughs) and then she's like but i'm actually and then it's like portuguese mexican and 40 percent russian and i was like learn the difference between race and ethnicity like yeah you still have the same (laughs) white privilege as everybody else like don't try and flex that you have like five percent Mexican. Like you still have, <laughs> you still have the same privilege. You're 23 I'm not me. racist. I'm point zero four percent West African. Literally, it's like shit like that. I'm like, shut up. Like, take your privilege and go. Like, if you want to be an advocate, do it. But don't pretend that you're a person of color. Right. Oh, that drives me nuts because I have. So my aunt is from Colombia. Um, she's brown. She had an experience. This was, uh, I want to say, she was like fourteen. I was eight. Uh, we had a community pool in our neighborhood. And there was this white woman and a few of her kids at the pool. And it was just them. And then my aunt and her other friend, who is Filipino, she's also brown, walk in and they get in the pool. And this lady makes her kids get out. Oh, my God. And she's like scuzzing my aunt off and is just like muttering shit. Like, we got to go. We can't be around here. And then she said something. I'm trying to remember exactly. Something along the lines of like, you really should be more considerate or whatever. And my aunt was like, what? She was like, I can't have my kids swimming in dirty water. Oh my and God. I was like, uh, obviously at the time I didn't really understand what was going on. So I didn't take much issue with it then. But then when I got older and heard their, story, 
heard the story, I was like, I would have bopped that white woman upside the head. Yeah. Like, and then I don't know, my my stepmom is from Argentina, and she's got a bit of an accent still sometimes, but her parents really they they don't speak English well at all, and people are just assholes sometimes. They're like, I can't understand you. It's like then learn Spanish, like. Yeah. <laughs> Or that whole, like, oh, you're in America, you should know English. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> well, and, yeah, I mean, a lot of times when I've heard of stories where people are saying that, a lot of times it's where they're speaking their native language to somebody mm-hmm. else, but they also speak English. They exactly. just happen to not be at that moment. Mm-hmm. So then they'll say something to them in English, you know? Yeah. And it's like, why do you need to know what they're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not talking to you. Yes. It's not inconveniencing <laughs> you in Americans are assholes. Yeah. They really are. And I've seen yeah. a lot of videos recently of white women, like, blocking black women from, like, going into their own apartment buildings because they're like, you can't come in. And they're like, I live here. <laughs> I saw like, a video of a guy picking up trash outside his, like, where he, it was uh, on some college campus area and he lived in the dorm or whatever the building was and he was just like part of a work program and he was picking up garbage and someone called the cops on him and the cop drew his gun on the guy oh he's like gosh. the kid the guy's like i live here i'm just picking up he was literally had like one of those pick those trash picker up mm-hmm. things putting garbage in a garbage bin and the cop is like i i'm just reporting i'm just i'm just uh answering a, a call of trespassing and i'm just trying to verify who you are and the guy's like, I live here. And he showed him his ID that said he went to the school that he was claiming he went to, but he didn't, but it didn't have his address of that building. And the cop was being a dick, pulled his gun on him. And, and he's like, why are you pulling a gun on me? And he's like, you have a weapon in your hand. And oh, he's like, this oh is a, <laughs> this is a fucking grabber? trash grabber. Oh my, oh my fucking God. God. More why cops really show so up and they're like harassing this guy so hard. And then some white guy walks up and is like, oh, I know like he's one of my students. He's fine. And the cop's like, okay, we just want to make sure he's, nobody asked this white guy for yeah. his ID. Nobody asked him to verify that he was actually a teacher or knew this guy. Crazy. Goddamn Damn. joke. I saw one today. This, this guy got stopped by a woman and she's like well you just look like you're loitering around here i'm gonna call the cops he's like lady look at my uniform it was a ups man oh, delivering oh, packages oh, she wouldn't God. believe him he has his phone out and he's like this lady smoking crack i am wearing ups uniform this lady you must have stole that from somebody yeah, no, she really thought that he was robbing cars out and he's like i am here trying to deliver i have a cart full of people's packages trying to deliver packages do my job oh my god it's yep. just like unimaginable to put yourself in that. Like no one ever questions where I go. Yeah. Even when I know I shouldn't be somewhere, no one questions it. I've walked into places I definitely shouldn't <laughs> be. No one stopped mm. me. Yeah. If you just look like what are you you gonna do? what you're doing, then nobody bothers yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, you walk well, with a purpose, white. nobody unless, stops yeah, you. Yeah, unless your skin's not white. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. Don't get it. I, I don't either. I I wish I could change that. I mean, I, honestly, I should be more active and kind of being an advocate. I, I just kind of educate people. Like, if I hear jokes that are like, oh, it's because I'm white, I'm like, shut the fuck up. That's not funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, people are literally getting killed for their skin color. It is not, not funny, funny to, like, joke about it. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's overwhelming to think of all the issues in the world. And it's like, sometimes I feel bad for maybe not doing more 
But then it's also like you can't take on everything or else you'll just be crippled by mm-hmm. yeah one, it one. stresses me out like mm-hmm. ugh. not not as not that that's an excuse to not do anything but i mean there's so many yeah that, there's yeah. one thing that bothers me about like the culture on twitter is somebody could be like advocating for one group of colored people and then people are like well what about these people and it's like let like i can't we can't work on you right. know one person can't work on everything at once so just kind yeah. of yeah. maybe appreciate what they are doing like mm-hmm. i don't know like that's just something that kind of bothers me i'm like let people to do something good yeah, yeah let's sure. let's uh celebrate the good yeah that's like when the whole black lives matter and then people will be like well no all Ooh, lives matter yeah. not the fucking point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like yeah maybe so but like you are not getting shot because you're white yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. but which i feel like i tried to explain that to my family and it went right over the uh, yeah uh-huh, your way. family's hard with stuff like yeah. that <laughs> yeah my uh <laughs> i've always i wouldn't say i'm like anti-military but like i think we go a little overboard here in america with Oh, you don't think that six hundred billion dollars <laughs> to the military budget is okay? No, not particularly. <laughs> but no, I would agree. So, there, I saw this joke once. It was like, "I'll serve crack before I serve this country." Like, That's me. So, me and my cousin were in Walmart, and this army recruiter comes up to us, and uh, he was like, "Hey, have you guys ever thought about joining the military?" And I was like. I was like, honestly, not really. And even if I wanted to, I'm trans, so I can't. And he was like, <laughs> oh, he was like, well, no, you, you still can. Blah, 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 blah. Like that didn't, you know, that's not what Trump was saying, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, your president said I cannot do that. Yeah. I am not mentally fit for it. Yeah. So he was like, well, I'm going to call my supervisor real quick. And I was like, you can oh call him. I'll wait. <laughs> I'm not asking you to do that. <laughs> I, literally, I was like, go ahead, call him. So we called him and then. He's like talking for a second. I didn't really listen to his conversation because me and my cousin were just kind of like snickering. And he goes, yeah, sorry, I guess you were right. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think me as a trans person yeah, knows a little no. bit more about my rights as a trans person, but Jeez. thanks, bud. Ugh, that's crazy. Yeah, so I just, I, I should have just said to him, I'll serve crack before I serve this country. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Conversation would have ended faster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally doing that next time because it's happened to me so many times. So many times. I've never been approached to be recruited to the military. They look at Brad's face and they're like, not this guy. Not that guy. (laughs) I've had phone calls. And then if I go to like high school sporting events, they always have the booths there that they'll like Mm. call me over to. And I'm like, do I like, I'm (laughs) five, something about you. you. (laughs) What do you expect? Like the guns are bigger than me. (laughs) I don't, I don't want that. I've never, I've never shot a gun in my life. Like, and I'm not going to go murder children. Just, I'm not gonna push your agenda. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> <Crazy>. oh man! <laughs> I remember being younger and wanting to be in the army, but I don't think I really wanted to be in the army. I think I just was like adventure. <laughs> well, have and you seen the fucking commercials? They make, <laughs> yeah. it, they make it look like <laughs> war is a video game. That is yeah. good marketing. I'm like, dude, you literally like people die. Yeah. yeah. When they use the blue like angels for recruitment for the navy. And that shit angels? looks fun as hell. They're the the fighter. The I think they're oh, the F-18 Hornets. Yeah, that's something that I would I would join the military if I knew that I could go and be a a fighter jet pilot. Yeah. Until they're like, okay, now you gotta go bomb this school. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, I, would, I think I flying jets would be so fun. I would miss. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I just darn. I accidentally wasted that $100 million yeah. missile. I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. I need to practice my aim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This country's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are. There are much worse, I guess. Yeah, there's way worse. I mean, there's there's a lot worse, but it's just hard to live in this country sometimes, and it's hard even to know when you're being PC and when you're not, even if, like, you're not trying to be right. not politically correct, but it's, it's hard sometimes, and I think most people want to try at least, so mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. But some people are just joyfully ignorant, and yeah. they don't give a shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Very. And not even ignorant. They know and they still don't give a shit. Yeah. They're choosing to be rude and inconsiderate and terrible. It's like my cousin. I know he did this just for the shock value, but he posted a new Facebook profile picture of a, he's got a dead deer hanging from the roof that he's like skinning. And there's a banner at the bottom that says Trump 2020. And I was oh like, oh my gosh. I saw it on Facebook and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I immediately like texted my cousin that's his sister and was like, dude, what? And she was like, he just likes pissing people off. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. It's people like that that make me not want to own guns anymore or to like be a hunt, like to hunt animals or to do stuff like you that. don't want to be associated I don't want to be associated that. with yeah. that group because I don't identify with them at all but I do like I do like hunting animals for I haven't I've done it once I guess but I do like <laughs> getting somebody likes it, I do really like do hunting it. I do like the hunting aspect for having like good meat in the freezer but I I, def, I definitely am not like oh, I need that trophy buck on the mm-hmm. wall yeah yeah that house is full of your houses? No, 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 no. Oh. no. <laughs> that cousin. Um, oh, that cousin's house. Yeah, him and yeah. his dad hunt a lot. So they've got, they've got like a bear and all sorts of like bugs yeah. and elk. Yeah, her uncle's that way. He hunts. My uncle so much. flew all the way to Africa to shoot animals. Oh, he's that yeah. kind. Wow. Of, he's that kind of white. <laughs> uh, yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> but yeah, he has a, his whole house is. He has like one room specifically that has All a shitload of trophies. Well, mm-hmm. trophies, mm-hmm. quotation, air quotes. But yeah, those kind of people make me not want to be that kind of a person mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, yeah I don't want to be lumped in with that. So yeah, the guns are fun. <laughs> they are. All righty, Kellen. Thank you so, 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 so much for coming out here tonight. We've we've been very excited to have you on and we're so glad that you came out and we're very open with us and, mm-hmm. and very fun to have. Yeah. So fun. we look Thank forward you. to having you again someday. Yeah. Thanks for answering our, maybe some ignorant questions <laughs> and all of our uncomfortable questions. We appreciate it. Thanks for being vulnerable. Of course. <laughs> 